Hubhopper Originals. Thank you everyone for uh, being so patient with the unofficial VAR. I mean, uh, it's been some tough times in the past few weeks and uh, um, the last episode I remember was 21st uh, of September, which is a Friday. And uh, we did the review of the Champions League and the week that went by. But then suddenly what happens is when the weekend comes in and then you have a double game week and then you have a UCL thing, it becomes too much and... uh, uh, vacations can be uh, too tempting and I was on one but now I am back here is your host Prasad this is episode 30 of the unofficial VAR and we are going to be reviewing everything that we missed and we are going to preview this weekend so if you are listening stay tuned because this is going to be a fantastic episode and apologies for uh, missing out on a few stuff few things but uh, I think the best standard way to then make up for it is to give you what all happened in the lives of all the top teams from the top five divisions of the English Premier League, the La Liga, the Serie A and the Bundesliga and obviously we'll be talking about the French League later but uh, there's a lot to talk because there are so many competitions out there. You have the English Premier League, you have the, the you have the top five leagues basically and you also have the Champions League, the domestic English Cup that's called the Carabao Cup. You have uh, the Europa League, the Champions League match day two that uh, just concluded. There's so much to wrap your head around and uh, that's what we are going to do so the big news from uh, uh, let's go on to the big one and let's go at focus our attention to Liverpool who are running away with the league by the way seven points uh, drift of Leicester in third five ahead of Man City in second who are in second and nine adrift Arsenal and West Ham who are joined top 4 and 5 on points 12 points by the way so if you look at every other team uh, it's Liverpool who you have to beat and uh, that's been the story so far in the first 7 games and it looks to continue for a long long time I mean City uh, struggled at home to Spurs I mean they should have won that game but they didn't then uh, they lost to Norwich City and uh, just when you thought that they would lose again or they would draw at Everton they won so so they've kind of dropped five points but the five point looks so massive and uh, Arsenal meanwhile playing out a shameless nil-nil draw 1-1 draw at Old Trafford clearly the weakest of weak Manchester United squad in years that should have been put in their place but uh, uh, the Gunners boss again going with a negative approach I should say I mean there's a point one there and people would argue that Arsene Wenger's side lost their playing beautiful football and what not but uh, I think this was the team to go for the kill this was the time to go for the kill and uh, sadly the decade long 13 year old record stands uh, Arsenal still to beat Manchester United at Old Trafford now since that 2006-07 season when Adebayor uh, scored the winner so I'm sorry I'm drifting away from the topic let's focus on the games that Liverpool have played since uh, the fortnight and uh, that it was that a 2-1 win over Chelsea uh, which we um, will be talking about first and uh, typical Liverpool um, looks like a gelled machine there 
um, with the, it is front three, and as we all know that Salah and Mane uh, managed to iron out their differences. Uh, Fabinho, Henderson, Wijnaldum forming that formidable trio in midfield with Van Dijk, Matip, Alexander-Arnold, and Robertson at the back. Uh, Robertson being the man of the match there with an assist. Roberto Firmino with a goal and Trent Alexander-Arnold with a stunner uh, at Stamford Bridge. And what a what a goal to open the account and of goals this season. And uh, he's done so much with the assists and he's getting into the goals as well. And um, far more than far commendable job from Adrian who's filled in the boots of Allison. And uh, he's obviously got a very good defense ahead of him, but. Um, they've ironed out the results so far and they've made sure that they um, progress in the right direction. Well, then we went on to MK Dons, Liverpool, and they won their 2-0 uh, away. Um, goals from Milner and Hoyweer. And the best part is rotation when Krop allows his young guns to um, um, play. The front three of Jones, Brewster and Elliott and Adam Lallana getting some minutes. Chamberlain and Nabi Keita also coming back into action so if you look at the depth of that Liverpool squad I think it is well touted to win the title this uh, league and after I say this we go into the game this Saturday 28th of September last Saturday against Sheffield United and uh, it was a very very tough game because Sheffield for 70 minutes held their for for so long i mean if you if you miss the game and this is what you might think is that sheffield parked the bus but they didn't they actually were too good of a defensive unit and they were a very good offensive unit as well i mean uh, you could see that from the stats because even though liverpool had 70 percent of the possession at the end of the game um sheffield created nine chances and one of them was a big chance which uh, was blocked by Adrian and uh, that that's one of the reasons why we could not see an equalizer and um, to add to that Dean Henderson the the Sheffield goalkeeper then committing an error I mean after 70 minutes of uh, a well-oiled machine that Sheffield were that day that one error is the the moment that uh, distinguishes Sheffield from Liverpool that actually puts the result out of their hands 1-0. I mean, they at least deserved a point, but I think Liverpool hung in there and managed to make it 7 wins out of 7. I think this probably is their best start in the past two decades. And uh, knowing that City had a tough game away to Everton last Saturday, this was always a very good 3 points. It was Saturday early afternoon, um, the first game of the weekend by the way there's another weekend coming up tomorrow and uh, we're going to be talking about that very very late in the episode because you have a lot to uh, listen i hope and um, leopold's champions league night um, versus salzburg and anfield well going up 3-0 and then uh, the salzburg came back to level it to 3-3 uh, only for mohammed salah and roberto roberto formino to deny them any points well it looked like Salzburg would walk over a walkover but they have beaten Genk the last time around scoring six if you remember six two and uh, that's in that's what turned out to be uh, in their favor they are a team to reckon with they are still there alive because if you look at the group Napoli lost 
But Napoli lost ground there, drawing against Genk, and they could have easily gone three points clear at the top. But they are on four now, with Liverpool and Salzburg on three and Genk on one. So there's a lot to play in that group, and there's a lot you can expect from Liverpool, whose next two fixtures are Leicester at home and Manchester United away. So if you look at their October, you have Leicester home, United away, then you have Genk away in the Champions League and we, as we all know Liverpool are struggling with their away form in the Champions League, it's a deja vu from last season. Um, you also have Liverpool Tottenham and then you have Liverpool Arsenal in the Carabao Cup. So as good, it gets tough for Jurgen Klopp's men but um, they will be looking to dig deep and get going because they have the reigning Premier League champions in November and they have a very tough schedule so they have a very tough October and uh, Jurgen Klopp will be up for it hopefully so moving on to the second team the second place team in the league and, and here's where we have a lot to talk about I hope so because we kind of missed that 8-0 uh, review thing on the unofficial VAR Man City 8 Watford nil. you got to be kidding me I mean if you are literally a guy who, who went to pee in the first 15 minutes or you went to the loo and you came out, the score would be 15-5-0. Oh, my, my mistake, not 15-5-0. Yeah, and I was looking at footmop because I was on vacation and I barely got internet. And I'm looking at the score, 1-0 in the very first minute. Then suddenly it goes to 2-0, 3, 4, 5. And I'm like, okay, is it 70 minutes or 80 minutes? And it isn't. It's 17, 1717. But obviously, after that, Watford held their ground to reduce uh, the damage to 5 nil at half time. But City were in a mood, and probably they could have got a couple more. But uh, Kevin De Bruyne was on fire that night. And uh, for all the FPL owners, including myself, Raheem Sterling got benched. That's the that's the depth Man City have, and we are talking about. So if you look at that, Bernardo Silva got a hat trick, and there were other goals from Aguero, Mares, De Bruyne, and David Silva, and uh, De Bruyne with an all-round performance in that game, with uh, providing uh, close two assists and scoring in what was a deserved goal. So from there, City go to Preston, win three 0 away, and then they go to Everton. And it's a 1-1 because Dominic Calvert-Lewin made it 1-1 after Jesus had headed in that spectacular pass from uh, De Bruyne. And then we are looking at a draw and suddenly Mahrez comes up with the goods and Raheem Sterling. Courtesy of the slightest of luck, the, the ball crossed the line. We are judged it as goal, made it 3-1. And also from last night, City winning 2-0 against Dynamo Zagreb. Well, all in all, Pep Guardiola is now chasing Jurgen Klopp in the league. And realistically speaking, as Pep said in the preseason, they are going to go all out for the Champions League this season because it is Pep's fourth year at City, if you, if I'm not mistaken. In the first season, going trophyless for the first time in his managerial career and then coming back to win leagues, shattering all records. So, uh, a lot to speak about uh, some some injury news is that Laporte is going to be out for a long time you have Kevin De Bruyne who's um, been diagnosed with uh, a groin injury and that will keep him out for some significant 
time. Well, uh, if you look at the Premier League table right now, and if you ask me the top six, you can't see United and Chelsea in that. That's how close it is. I mean, you have uh, nine teams that are so close. You have Liverpool are running with away, Man City on 16, Leicester on 14, and that's where I'm getting to. Uh, Brenton Rogers finding his mojo, his team right, and ensuring that uh, uh, Leicester City are a force to reckon with once more. Um, Vardy, Jamie Vardy's found his scoring boots again, and he's uh, along with Madison and along with Tielemans and um, um, the other players have put on a show. I mean, if you look at the Tottenham game, Leicester 2, Tottenham 1, uh, Harry Kane's spectacular being cancelled out by Pereira and an informed Madison. And you, uh, so it's 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 win 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 for Leicester, and this no midweek action means that they are completely rested for their game against Liverpool, a five nil win over Newcastle on Sunday last Sunday, which meant uh, obviously because Newcastle have or a man shot, but you can't uh, deny that um, Leicester were on song and Jamie Vardy bagging a brace there, Wilfred and Didi adding so much steel to that. Um, Leicester midfield making sure that Pratt and Telemans and Perez uh, also shine and to be very honest there's a young lad in Leicester Harvey Barnes who's making great names for himself and is a star to look out to so Leicester travel away to Anfield this um, weekend and if they kind of can upset Liverpool we, we have a title race on our hands which takes me to the next team that is placed fourth in the Premier League and that is Arsenal. And I know this is getting a bit tedious and monotonous, but I'm loving this time recording this podcast here because it's been a while since we did this, ain't that? So Arsenal's uh, last three games are a five, first of all, a 3-2 in our Aston Villa because I forget we are, we are, we are doing the pre, uh, preview, we are doing the review of the last weekend as well and um, uh, for Gunners fans, uh, that that game was um, more of a headache for the first 60-70 minutes because uh, um, going down to John McKean's goal, the defense switching off, losing Ashley Maitland-Niles to a red card, the two yellows, and then um, probably uh, down to 10 men was a mountain, huge mountain to climb because there was so many speculations about Una Emery not starting a particular player, uh, not going with a particular lineup, the attacking intentions missing, and then suddenly um, you see Nicolas Pepe score that penalty for whom Matteo Gundozi was sensational. The run he made, he took on the responsibility of going past players and in the end Villa had to foul him inside the box and that led to a Penalty which Obamayang handed it over to Nicolas Pepe, a confidence booster for him. And uh, that clearly meant that Nicolas Pepe got off the mark in an Arsenal shirt. He has a couple of assists and a goal right now. And uh, that's going to do a lot to his confidence. Well then, as soon as you thought there were just 90 seconds in between that goal and Villa going back in front. Jack Grealish drying from midfield. Granit Xhaka already on a yellow, can't commit and it's 2-1 to Villa and then for all the complaints about Unai Emery not uh, being up to the mark with his starting 11, 
got his subs right brought in Joe Willock for Zaka brought in Lucas Torreira for Dani Ceballos because we all know that Zaka and Ceballos was exposed that day and uh, in comes Callum Chambers from the right makes it 2-2 and again Matthew Gundozi being instrumental in that pass to Chambers and then it was just about individual brilliance from the man that's leading Arsenal to the right end of the table and that's Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang took on the responsibility from the D scored that free kick 3-2 Arsenal Arsenal hang on massive 3 points relief for the manager relief for the fans the Emirates going crazy but as a fan that is the thing that you want to watch isn't it and um, Nicholas Pepe woke later for uh, for his celebration or for saying something to the ref but doesn't mind 3 points to the Arsenal and we all thought that the Gunners were back but then if you look at their, the next match they played Nottingham Forest with 5-0 Arsenal 5-0 and the best part about that match was Kieran, Kieran Tierney um, starting that game and uh, Gabriel Martinelli with a hat trick there with a with a brace with a brace I'm sorry Robert Holding coming back Rob Holding and wearing the captain's armband making it 2-0 to the Gunners and then uh, the floodgates opened you had Joe Willock who scored and it was Hector Bellerin who provided the assist Reese Nelson also got into the act Callum Chambers providing an assist from the left this time and you had Gabriel Martinelli who was again assisted by Callum Chambers for another goal so three assists for Chambers two from the one from the right two from the left and uh, for more of that fifth goal it was an individual brilliance from Gabriel Martinelli who is scoring every chance given to him by the manager and the players and uh, just as we thought that Arsenal would go on to Old Trafford and uh, 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 beat Manchester United United turn up big you we all know Arsenal the Arsenal if, if a team is struggling for confidence if a team is struggling for points if a team is hungry for a win again you want you want to turn their fortunes around make them play Arsenal and they will and that's exactly what happened uh, a, a pretty mediocre game at Old Trafford I should say if if you are a fan since 2000s and if you've seen the previous Arsenal United battles this one was just mediocre I mean if if I was the manager I would thoroughly be disappointed uh, if uh, you've, you've seen uh, the fans at, at Arsenal complain about the manager's negative approach um, while some may argue that in the past they have gone on to lose those games and a point is good enough but if you look at the Manchester United side they were begging not to be punished I mean they were very good on the ball that night period it, that is very important to know and Scott McTominay scored that screamer Granit Xhaka looked as if he had ducked but that was a debatable deflection but then Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang uh, got into the act Bukayo Saka with the assist Pepe forcing the mistake uh, down that left hand side and the blind assistant raised his offside flag only for the VAR to turn it around if you look at the images that that's shambolic refereeing I mean he was miles on side he was right in front of the assistant and uh, no matter how much you can argue about human errors and stuff that should have been a goal in the first place so it was 1-1 and then Saka and Arsenal missed a chance I mean uh, Maguire clearing off the line uh, that could have been a match winner but 
in the end uh, leno saving arsenal because uh, a free kick from rashford was palmed away and that ensured that arsenal dropped two points more but last night was a very good night for the gunners a 4-0 win over standard liege and um kieran pierney hit the bellerin again amongst the acts gabriel martinelli is a steal for 7 million i should say and credit goes to the director of football edu who spared immense men to try assigning him 9.5 out of 10 performance from him two goals and kieran tierney with those sumptuous balls right across the face of goals he's going to be a left back for the future for arsenal and i think they found a proper left back in him since ashley cole so uh, sabayo scoring that fourth goal uh, arsenal running away with, with it uh, for at uh, um, uh, the half time uh, a few uh, controversial decisions from emery not involving ozil in the match day squad as well not even on the bench and uh, stating it as tactical reasons ozil not ill as well so he was completely excluded um i don't know where this saga is going uh, or what is the manager trying to prove here but whatever it is it is harming the reputation of the arsenal number 10 well um, that's we are through with four teams in the premier league and we now focus our attention on united and chelsea where uh, both have had contrasting couple of weeks and we have to talk about manchester united because i was requested to bring these issues up on the podcast and uh, if you look at the last weekend it didn't end well for united a 2-0 lost away at west ham then a scrapping through on penalties against rochdale and then drawing to arsenal uh, uh 1-1 you could see you could sense it you could sense the fact that uh, arsenal were uh the better side but united turn up against arsenal and that's what they did that night um to on the other hand uh, a nil nil draw last night against az akmar so um it's not going well for ole i mean with all the injuries and stuff uh, there have been a lot of things that have been um, said about him i mean he is a polarizing figure right now and uh, he is um turn he yeah people are saying that uh, he deserves more time uh, lukaku is gone to inter sanchez is gone to inter um, you have um, uh, smalling who left for roma the young guns have been promoted but um, uh, martial has been, was injured and um, there's uh, there's a lot of uh, chaos at old trafford right now because they're struggling to find their feet and this saturday doesn't come any good they travel away to newcastle who are one of the bogey teams before they go on an international break and they face liverpool and then they end their august with chelsea so um, there's a lot of work to be done at united and uh, just like una emery at arsenal uh, ole is another candidate that is a polarizing figure for the fan base people want him out people at arsenal what wenger back I don't know why they want to trouble the young old man again the man who gave his all for the club but um, uh, from all the reactions that I've seen on the social media it looks like um football fans are becoming impatient and their opinions are just too far fetched the lack of football literal literacy 
is astonishing and people just don't do their homework without uh, and just speak without all of that so um, Chelsea next and uh, Frank Lampard's Chelsea being touted as a fearless team um, if if you ask the Chelsea fans a very few close Chelsea fans uh, to me they have been fearless Frank Lampard loved a style of play he is implementing that as a manager and it, at the start it looked difficult but now since they have a particular starting 11 there they have Callum Hudson Adoy and uh, the, uh, uh, Robin Loftus Cheek coming back uh, Cesar Aspelicoita uh, back in, in form they have uh, William who is also doing good Mason Mount Tammy Abraham also very good so that also uh, makes us wonder where this Chelsea team can end but but I for the time being the trust in Lampard is being rewarded with the results on the pitch I mean a 2-1 away win to Lille a 2-1 away win to Lille the last weekend didn't turn out to be that uh, good against Liverpool but you cannot blame the Chelsea that Chelsea side because if you look at that game it was just why a one goal margin that they lost and they were fearless and they did everything in those I mean Aspilicoita's goal chalked out for offside but uh, anyway the result could have gone been a draw so if I'm looking at this Chelsea side I see better and brighter things in the future for them they have a manager who's fearless who isn't afraid of implementing uh, his philosophy who's doing a good job in the young squad that he's had uh, I mean if you look at the young team that Chelsea have promoted they save millions of pounds on transfers in the upcoming season and I think this transfer ban just might be a blessing in disguise and if you look at Eden Hazard at Real Madrid you would wonder that it was a hundred million well earned um, Ch uh, Chelsea winning 7-1 versus Grimsby and uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek uh, Hudson Odoi back I'm sorry, Hudson Odoi back. Matsuai among the action. Um, uh, you have uh, Tomori who's been very good. You have Reese James that has come through the ranks. And uh, there is uh, there is so much from this young Chelsea side to come in the future who travel to the St. Mary's to face Southampton this weekend. So um, the points don't tell you the story. They are seventh, but they are on 11 points. And even one win can take them into the top four again and that's about it from the Premier League if you look at the other squad Wolves managed to muster their first win and they climb up to 13th you have Watford who are still winless in seven you have Newcastle you have Aston Villa at the bottom and you have Norwich on 17 who's who have beaten the Premier League champions so that's how open this league is and that's how uh, we love it well, uh, there is something more to talk about and uh, for that we are going to need another part because we are going to go part by part on uh, the unofficial VAR and we are going to release a second episode after this part 2 where we talk about the Spanish League, the La Liga, uh, which is the Spanish League, the Serie A, the Bundesliga and that will be it for this episode so part one ends right here stay tuned for part two 
do make sure that you tune in again it's just below part one this is your host prasad saying goodbye for now part two begins in some time I hope you enjoyed this Hubhopper original podcast. If you want to get started with your own show, please do get in touch. We'd love to have you on board. Send an email to info at hubhopper.com. That's info at hubhopper.com. And we'll get back to you in a flash. We're looking forward to creating some great audio content together.